Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. It really seems like we're in the age of surgical robotics in all of the news that we've been getting recently. Absolutely. We've got yeah even more surgical robotics stuff, and I'm sure it's not the last of it, you know, even this week. So today we'll be covering for the surgical robotics stuff. Sensionics 365-day CGM study completion, iRhythm's next-generation Zio, then getting into MMI's surgical robotic milestone, Moon Surgical's first clinical cases with its robot, and then an investigational device exemption granted to Zimvi's MoBC device. So what's the first thing that we should know for today? First thing is that Sensionics completed the study cohort, adult cohort, I should say, for its 365-day continuous glucose monitor. So it's another big step forward for the company as it looks to progress its long-term implantable CGM. What did the study evaluate? It looks at that year-long implantable CGM in adults. There's also a pediatric cohort, ages 14 to 18, that had its first patient insertion in April, so I'm sure we'll see more on that later. For now, it's just the adult cohort, but it, it evaluates the safety and accuracy of since over the course of one year. More than 165 adult subjects received ever since insertions across four U.S. centers. The company actually completed enrollment about a year ago, and it also used data from this study to support its FDA submission for integrated continuous glucose monitoring designation earlier this year. What were some of the most important results from this study? Well, the company shared some of these results in June at the American Diabetes Association scientific sessions that supported even longer wear time plus more positive results. Key findings included sensor longevity registering at 97% through one year, proving safe with a few minor skin irritation adverse events, but over the course of one year for one implant to only have a few minor events is pretty solid. And also performance-wise, the mean absolute relative difference, or MARD, which is an accuracy measurement for CGMs, was similar to its 180-day ever since E3, which is the current one available on the market. So for double the length of time, to still be putting in the same level of accuracy is a good sign, I'd say. What are executives saying? Chief Medical Officer Dr. Francine Kaufman said that the demonstration of safe and accurate performance over 365 days further validate CGM's ability to facilitate more effective and longer-term diabetes management. She said it represents a major milestone for Sensionics as the company works toward offering the differentiated benefits of implantable CGM for one year with just a single sensor. What's the next thing that we should know for today? iRhythm launched its next-generation Zio monitor, plus enhanced long-term monitoring. So it's a device that's significantly smaller, more user-friendly than the previous version. It seems like a major upgrade, and the company is definitely excited about it. So what is that Zio? So it's the company's smallest, lightest, thinnest cardiac monitor. It's adhered to the chest, 14-day ECG monitoring. So the company said its new service enhancements also benefit healthcare providers with long-term continuous wear for those two weeks, building on the performance of the previous generation Zio XT. It's got an improved form factor for better patient wear experience with 23% thinner, 62% lighter, and 72% smaller than the previous device. According to iRhythm, it weighs less than a pencil. So very light, very sleek, and discreet. And it's also got this long-term continuous monitoring service, or LTCM, that has that patch ECG monitoring device and the Zeus software that uses advanced AI to support the capture and analysis of ECG data recorded by the Zio monitor. 
Tell us a little bit about the launch strategy that iRhythm has. The company began shipping already, and it expects widespread availability across the U.S. by early next year. It also plans to release its redesigned MyZio patient app with a new user interface and other enhancements that include symptom logging, educational videos, and content, plus a redesigned help center to better address patient questions. So this sort of rollout will continue over time, but for now, the devices are already on their way. How optimistic are executives? Very. Uh, Dr. Mintu Tarakia, the chief medical officer, chief scientific officer, and executive vice president of product innovation at iRhythm, said, we've made our best product even better. Early clinical and patient experience shows that the Zio Monitor has even better wear times, comfort, and patient experience. Combining the new Zio Monitor with advanced AI, efficient workflow, patient and clinician apps, and easy-to-read and actionable clinical reports, the company continues to lead the way in the field. All right, let's jump into one of those surgical robotic stories that we have for today. It's a milestone for medical microinstruments, or MMI, surpassed 500 clinical cases. It's still early days for the Simani robot, but a good step in the right direction, I'd say. So we talk a lot about surgical robotics on this podcast, and we have to know, what does this surgical robot do? So this one is designed for addressing the challenges of microsurgery. It's got these little nano wrist instruments that help access and suture small, delicate anatomies, including veins, arteries, nerves, lymphatic vessels that can be as small as 0.3 millimeters in diameter. It's got motion scaling, tremor reduction. It allows precise micro movements. So Medical Micro Instruments is the name of the company, and clearly they're designing it for the tiniest of anatomies. What kind of regulatory backing does the robot have? Well, it's an Italy-based company, and it received CE Mark in that European base in 2019. Continues to work on U.S. commercialization, but the company said it's first-of-its-kind robotic technology could expand adoptions for patients in need of soft tissue, open surgical procedures. So there's a big case for adoption wherever they gain clearance in the future. So what I thought was interesting about this story was that the company shared some of the statistics behind these 500 clinical cases. Can you share what some of those statistics were regarding these procedures? I'm glad you asked that because it was very interesting and something we don't always see with these robotic surgical platforms. So according to the company, Dr. Sinica Suominen of the HUS Helsinki University Hospital in Finland performed a lymphatic repair to mark the 500th case of the 500 procedures to date, roughly 75% have been free flap surgeries, though, with only 16% being those lymphatic repairs. The remaining 9% include peripheral nerve repairs and extremity replantation surgeries. So, yeah, a few different types of procedures so far. And again, it's really early days with only 500 procedures. So, it'll be interesting to see what kind of procedures we, you know, hopefully they'll share more about those in the future. And now let's talk about Moon Surgical. Yeah, the first U.S. clinical cases were performed with Moon Surgical's Maestro Surgical Robot. Again, another milestone procedure. Uh, It actually comes about nine months after Maestro 1 FDA clearance. I know we've talked about Moon Surgical and the Surgical Robot before on this podcast, even really recently. But can you remind us what that Surgical Robot does? Yeah, well, it's a different different type of surgical robot. It's like a surgical assistant that augments the precision and control of laparoscopic surgery. So it's a small adaptable system that integrates into existing clinical workflows that boosts operating efficiencies and allows for alternative labor models. Moon Surgical's aim with this system is to provide a new category of surgical robotics, broadening the scale of robotic use. What procedures was the robot used for? 
So the U.S. procedures took place at Baptist Health in Jacksonville, Florida. They were performed by Dr. Stephen Hodgett, Dr. Craig Morgenthal, and Dr. Alexander Rose, and they were sleeve gastrectomies, which is the most common bariatric or weight loss surgery. What did doctors think about the use of the robot, and what are executives thinking after the success of these procedures? Yeah, well, Hodgett was definitely pleased with it, one of the surgeons that performed those procedures. He said the maestro system is an asset to his laparoscopy practice. During procedures, two co-manipulative arms provided him with stable vision and dependable organ retraction, allowing him to give more focus to his surgical case and perform at his best. Ann Oswa, the CEO of Moon Surgical, said that after treating 50 patients in the first in human clinical trial, Companies excited to be doing clinical cases in the U.S. with a world-class institution like Baptist Health. Their commitment to advanced technology that delivers real value to their patients and their staff is well-recognized. What's the last thing that we should know for today? The last thing is that the FDA granted investigational device exemption for the ZimV MOBC hybrid arthroplasty infusion study. So ZimV sees this hybrid procedure as a real step forward in cervical disc replacement. ID approvals are a milestone for companies. So what will this study evaluate? Well, it looks at MOBC in hybrid use. Patients in the study will receive simultaneous cervical disc arthroplasty and anterior cervical discectomy and fusion at adjacent levels between C3 and C7 in the spine. So Zimvi says the hybrid construct where disc replacement and fusion occur in the one surgery could be the best two-level treatment for certain patients. And it could provide clinical benefit to both patients and surgeons, plus economic benefit to stakeholders. So can you tell us a little bit about what MOBC is? MOBC initially received FDA approval for these one and two levels about 10 years ago. Surgeons have actually implanted more than 200,000 of the implants since 2004 for cervical disc replacement. The company says it's been the market-leading device for cervical disc replacement. It remains that way. Contrary to some competitive implants, it's got low-profile end plates, and these sort of eliminate the need for keel cuts or additional hardware that could interfere with implants at an adjacent level. What are executives saying? Rebecca Whitney, the global president of ZimV Spine, said the IDE puts the company at the forefront of important clinical studies as it aims to make motion preservation a reality for patients. She said the decision to move forward with the MOBC hybrid study demonstrates the company's ongoing leadership and significant investment in continuing to develop the cervical arthroplasty market. The company's committed to and passionate about driving the expansion of this market to provide a greater number of patients with the gift of motion. That was all the news that we had for today. Thank you, Sean, for coming on, giving us your insights. Maybe we'll have more surgical robotics news tomorrow. It wouldn't surprise me. And if you were to want to read about that or any of the stories we talked about today, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can the people find you, Sean? Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y on LinkedIn. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening.